Good day and welcome to another edition of Cross Faith Bible Ministries. We're going to continue on with our Bible study this morning in the Gospel of John. We'll be starting a new chapter this week. Today we'll be covering uh, verses 1 through 8 in chapter 16 in the Gospel of John. The title of today's lesson is The Work of the Holy Spirit. So let's go back in last week. Let's review. Last week we learned that Jesus was talking to his disciples as he always is, right? And he was telling them, be prepared because the world's going to hate you. Because you following me, you are worshiping me, you are honoring me, you are doing my work, which means you are taking people out of what? This world. You're taking people out of Babylon. And we said last week that Babylon meant what? Idolatry. And that's really what it is. See, you can't serve two masters, Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, right? So he's given, he's telling his disciples, he's saying, if you're going to stick with me, if you're going to carry your cross, you better get ready because the world's going to hate you. Remember what he says? They first hated me. And there's no servant that is greater than what his master, Jesus says. So if they hated me, if they persecuted me, they're surely going to hate you and persecute you. So we're going to continue on. He's going to continue on a conversation with his disciples. But he's going to tell them in today's lesson about this advocate, this comforter that he's going to leave. Meaning... When he dies, when he ascends back to heaven, the Father leaves an advocate. He leaves the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 16, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. He says, all this I have told you, that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they're offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this, so that when the time comes, you will remember that I've warned you about this. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So let's go back up to verse 1. In verse 1, we see here, that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he tells them, all of this I have told you so that you will not fall away. So let's look at this phrase, fall away or falling away. This relates or it can mean uh, not to be offended, not to be in shock, so to speak. So he's saying, I'm telling you these things, I'm warning you, right? So you won't be shocked. So you won't be offended when, when, when all these things happen to you, just like I've told you. So we shouldn't be offended because we are a follower of Jesus. We love Jesus. We for his kingdom. We stand for what's true. We stand for what's righteous, right? And he's telling us here, when persecution comes our way, when hatred comes our way, we shouldn't be offended because the world and, and, and the people that live in the world, that's how they're going to respond to us is through hatred. They will not, they, they hate us because they hate the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Yeshua HaMashiach. They hate the name. And he says many, many times over, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. So he's saying, don't be shocked when all these things happen. We should expect this. Because when this happens, we're even closer to the establishment of the kingdom of God. Amen? When Jesus returns. Verse 2. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. So he first says they're going to put you out of the synagogue. Now, the synagogue at this time was a community center, you can say, right? It's a place of worship that was in the temple. I mean, you can worship anywhere you wanted, but basically on Shabbat, on Saturday, then again, at this time when, when, the, when the temple was up, right, they would meet on Mondays and Thursdays and they would read directly out the Torah and what they would do that, they would do this in the temple, in the synagogue. So he's telling them, because you follow me, because you are preaching the gospel, you're doing what I've told you to do, right? They're going to put you out of the synagogue. You're going to be cast out. And remember, this was like, if you're cast out of the synagogue, it's like you're an outcast to the society. You're an outcast to, to that community, to that culture of people. He's saying, so because of your faith, because you follow me, because you are doing the will of the Father, right? You're going to be shocked. You're going to be, don't be shocked because you're going to be put out of the synagogue. They're going to throw you out, which means you're an outcast now. Right? Because if you're not part of the synagogue, you're not part of that community center. Right? You can't worship together with the rest of the Jews. You can't celebrate Shabbat. You, you, you can't, when they read directly out the Torah on, on Monday and Thursday evenings, everybody went to the synagogue. Well, if you, an outcast, if they throw you out, you're not welcome there. He said, in fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they're offering a service to God. Now, this sounds pretty intense, what he's saying here, right? He's saying, because of your faith, you're going to be persecuted to death. And we know that this is exactly what happened to Stephen. I mean, Stephen was expelled from the synagogue. He was stoned to death, right? And we see this in the book of Acts that we're going to get to in the next book that we get to. In chapter 7 in Acts, it shows us that. Saul at that time, right? Later, he changed his name to the Apostle Paul. But he was under the direction of the high priest. And what Saul did was, Saul was going through each town hunting down and persecuting followers of Jesus. Christians, you can say, is what we call what we know today, right? But let me tell you something. It started with Stephen and them, right? But since that time, and it's getting even worse today because we're getting closer to the end times, they're persecuting Christians around the world. Right? It's happening quite often. But we know that this is going to happen because Jesus tells us this, right? The, the, the Apostle John tells us this, that in Revelation, this is what's going to happen. That as the times draw near, Christians will be persecuted to death. They will be thrown in prison. They will be beaten, even put to death. And that's exactly what we see in the world today. But because of the Holy Spirit, because He comforts you, because He gives you strength, because of the power of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, you do not fear. That's what the Holy Ghost gives you. He, he, he gives you to go ahead and preach the gospel. 
but not to fear. 365 times Jesus says, don't be afraid, don't fear, fear not, right? Throughout the Bible. And the Holy Spirit gives you that to go out and proclaim the good news and to preach the good news, right? Amen? Verse 3. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. So this is the third time or so he says, right? In the last couple of lessons that he says, you know what? People don't know me. And people don't know me, they don't know what? The Father. They don't know the Father, they don't know me, right? So he's talking once again about this unity between himself and his Father. Verse 4, I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warn you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. So look at the first part of that text. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warn you about them. So he's saying when this persecution arrives, when this persecution is at hand, remember all that I'm telling you. In other words, remember this scripture. That's what he's saying. Remember why they're doing it. They're doing it because they really don't know me. And if they don't know me, they don't know my father. They don't know Father God. Amen. He said, I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. Now let's look at that phrase, I was with you. This represents biblically, it, it represents redemption. You see, redemption always, it's always about us being with God. Amen. Him being with us. Amen. A unity, you can say. A relationship, you can say. Hallelujah. Right? So this persecution, you can say, has a purpose. And that persecution by, by, by evil towards Christians, towards follower of Jesus, right? It has a purpose. And what's that purpose? The purpose is for redemption. So the gospel message can be preached. Hallelujah. Verse 5, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me where are you going? So he says, but now I am going to him who sent me. Now, he will begin to speak here about this unity between himself and the father and the work that he does for the father. The obedience, the father's will, that he was obedient to the father's will, right? See, Jesus was sent here from the Father, left the heavens to do a job, right? That he come, that he would come as that Messiah, he would come as that suffering servant, right? So that the Jews would recognize him because that's what the old prophets spoke about in the Old Testament. But they missed it. Jesus was crucified. He, he was that, that spotless lamb, right? The blood of the lamb. But the Jews missed it. Their own people. He, they missed their Messiah. So here he was sent to do a job. And because of that job, we now have a chance to be with him and the Father in the eternal kingdom of God. Amen. Because of the work that Jesus did. See, once you believe, you know no more because your sins are forgiven. Right? Now, once you walk and once you, once you accept him into your heart, once you accept the Holy Spirit into your heart, right, and you allow the Holy Spirit, now you want to do what? You want to repent. Now, repent doesn't save you. It's, that, it's what he did on the cross at Calvary that saves you. 
But once you become a follower of Jesus, right, what you want to do, you want to get rid of that old stuff. And you want to what? You want to confess it? You say, God, forgive me of my sins. And, and, and the Bible talks about the minute that you repent, God remembers it what? No more. Isaiah, right? Prophet Isaiah tells us that. He blots it out. He remembers it no more. So going back to the scripture, he says, now I'm going to him who sent me. He's going back to the Father. This is speaking of his ascension back into heaven, back with the Father right? He's, 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 he's in that unity, in that one. He says, but look what else he says, continuing on with verse five, none of you asks me, where are you going? So he's saying that one of you asks me where I'm going. I keep telling you I'm going away, but none of you asks where I'm going. You see, although Jesus often spoke about his death, man, the disciples asked questions to Jesus about his death, right? But they really never wondered or never really talked about what, why was he going, right? So he tells us here that they were mostly concerned about themselves. I mean, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. We see in one of the Gospels, right, that they're arguing amongst themselves that when Jesus goes, right, when Jesus passes, Who's going to take his place? Who's, who's the greatest, they said, right, if you remember. So they're thinking about flesh. They're thinking about themselves. So it shows us at this time that the disciples really did not understand Jesus' identity. They didn't understand the reason why he came. That's why they never really asked. When he says, I'm going back to him, I'm going away, they never asked who and why. Never did because they were so caught up in the flesh. They didn't understand the purpose of why Jesus came. They didn't recognize or didn't see his identity. And I'm going to tell you this, that if you don't have the right understanding of the identity of Jesus, then you're never going to receive the gospel. You see, a proper understanding of the gospels demands us, right, that we have a right understanding of Jesus' identity. Verse 6, he says, Rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. So he's saying you're sad. You're sad because you really don't understand. Now, what I'm saying right now, later on you will. Later on you're going to see, and they did. But at this time, right, you're sad. But he says this sadness and this pain, right, it's only for a short period of time. And you need to endure that, and we will endure that, right? That's what he's saying. So it shows us here in these last couple of scriptures in particular that the disciples really did not understand Jesus' purpose. They did not understand the calling that the Father had on Jesus' life. Amen? Now, later they did. Absolutely they did. But at this time, they did not. Verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. So he's telling them right here. He's talking about him leaving. He's saying it's a good thing that I'm going. It's a good thing because I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you the comfort. I'm going to leave you the advocate because if I don't go, I can't leave it to you. He, he won't be present, right? And because he left us that advocate, right? Now the word of God, the gospels, the good news, the truth, now it can be spread throughout the world because the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us. It's a matter of whether or not we invite him into our lives so that we can do the work that Jesus called us to do, amen? 
So he's telling them that he's leaving this world for now. But his leaving is a good thing. Why? Because he's leaving us the Holy Spirit. He's leaving us an advocate, a comforter. You see, he's telling us that because of our faith, because by means of the Holy Ghost, by means of the Holy Spirit, it strengthens us, right? It empowers us. It, it, it gives us uh, where, where we don't fear things in this life. And because of this, we can go proclaim the good news about Jesus and about the kingdom of God, right? This is why he says, it is good that I'm going away. It is good for you because unless I go away, the advocate will not come. He says, but if I go, I will send him to you to do the work through you. Amen. It means only by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, right? It's only by his means that we could proclaim the gospel. It's only by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, that we can enter into the kingdom of God, right? To take on his character, to do his work, to enlarge his kingdom, to give us strength in times of what? Tribulation, in times of trouble. So unless Jesus did what he did, that he came to do the Father's will, the Father's work, there would be no gospel, right? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, him dying for us, there wouldn't be no gospel. And because if he wouldn't have did what he did on the cross, we would not be forgiven of our sins, right? It wouldn't be washed away, just would be covered like in the Old Testament. And Jesus didn't come, right? He didn't come to what? He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to what? To make things better for us so that our sins can be washed away not just covered, amen? Washed by the blood of Jesus, amen? See, Christ's presence here on earth was for one purpose, and that purpose was to die for us, to die for humanity, so that we can have a chance to live with Him forever, with Him and the Father in the kingdom of God. Verse 8, last verse 4 today. When He comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, and righteousness and judgment. So when he comes, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit here. When he comes, remember, it's not it, it's he. The Spirit is he, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. This means that he's going to speak against the character of this world. He's saying that this world is in opposition to the truth of God. In other words, this world works for the good of evil. That's what he's saying. He's saying by, by means of the Holy Ghost, the world will know you. Why? Because they're sinners. And because by means of the Holy Ghost, you're moving for the kingdom of God. You're working for the kingdom of God and you're calling out sin. You're calling out truth. You're calling out what's right and you stand for righteousness. And the world will know you and the world will hate you. The world will come against you because you are proving and you are showing them that what they're doing is wrong. And they don't like it. So the Holy Spirit will prove to the world that they're wrong about sin. The Holy Spirit will prove to the world about righteousness, but also about judgment. That's what he's saying here, right? Now, how does this Holy Spirit work through believers in Christ Jesus? You see, 
We all have a ministry of, of, of reproach, so to speak. I mean, if the Holy Spirit is living in you and you're a believer in Christ, right? Then you're going to condemn this world. What I mean by condemn this world is this. It's activities. It's behavior. It's demeanor. You're going to speak against all of this. And you won't be afraid. You won't be fearful if you're a true follower of Christ. He's saying sin and righteousness and judgment. Now let's talk about those three things. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. We got to go back to the book of Genesis. If you want to see these three things, just go back to the book of Genesis at the very beginning. The Bible tells us that the world was formless, right? It was void. It was dark. And God said, let there be light. So early on in the Bible, we see this, right? We see that God said, let there be light. Why? Because light represents righteousness. It relates to the kingdom of God. And from the very beginning, that's what God wanted in the garden. It was paradise. It was eternity. That was it. That was the kingdom. But man failed. Man disobeyed, right? But we also see at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, it says that the world was dark. It was void. It was formless. Dark relates to what? Evil. Evil relates to what? Sin. And sin ultimately relates to what? Judgment. So we have the ability here, right? To make a distinction between what is right, what is light, and what is wrong, evil, dark. How do you behave in the world? Because the world follows dark. The world follows evilness. See, you know right from wrong. You know what is a sin and what's not a sin. You know. God's given you that ability to know. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, what am I following today? Am I following the world? Am I following the darkness? Because the darkness leads to evilness, it leads to sin, which leads to judgment. Or am I following the light, which stands for righteousness, which stands for truth, right? Which leads to the eternal kingdom of God. So he's saying that we're going to speak against sin. We're going to speak for righteousness. We're going to call out righteousness. We're going to call out what is wrong and what is right. And because there's wrong or right, right, there's a judgment. Always keep that in mind. Now, judgment has a twofold purpose, you can say, in this passage, right? What do I mean? See, judgment rewards righteousness, but it destroys sin. See, judgment isn't necessarily a bad thing because we're all going to be judged. Even the righteousness is going to be judged for the works you did on this earth while you was alive for the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't save you. Works doesn't save you. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It saves us. But once we become saved because of what Jesus did and we accept Jesus into our life and the Holy Spirit begins to move, now you start to do what? Good works. You start to work for the kingdom. And you're going to be judged for that. Right? So judgment isn't a bad thing. Because it's through God's pouring out of his judgment that God pours his wrath upon this earth. When God finishes pouring his wrath, it's called the tribulation period and the great tribulation. Then, and only then, when Jesus comes back at the second coming, when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives, that's what establishes the millennial kingdom, which eventually will turn when that new Jerusalem comes down from heaven into the kingdom of God. 
that we'll live with God the Father and Jesus forever. Amen. So when we talk about God's judgment, we can always say this, that it's always in accordance to his will, to his purposes, to his plans. And concerning sin, Jesus is gonna, going to destroy it one day. One day he's going to destroy sin and he's going to put it away forever. Just as he will righteousness. If you are righteous, you, you better believe this. You better guarantee it because Jesus says it. He will reward you for righteousness. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in the gospel of John in chapter 16. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in. Um, you know, we have uh, this podcast. I would encourage you to share this podcast with someone, maybe a loved one you know, maybe that needs it, you know, maybe needs the Word of God daily every week in their life. And uh, also on Facebook, you can check out our uh, our private group, the Bible study group. So I encourage you to do that as well. So until next week, we, we thank you guys for tuning in. We love you guys. Be a blessing for someone this week. Until next week. God bless you.